My microphone sounds nice when it is on. And this is a check one. I said my microphone sounds nice when it's on. And this is check two. Welcome y'all to another edition of Beyond the Rim. Hashtag BTR. And we're going to have a nice, fun podcast today. We're going to be talking about comic books. We're going to get into the DC Universe, the Marvel Universe. And we're talking with a comic book expert and proprietor of Comic Explosion. A good friend of mine, Paul Conrad. PC, say hi to the peoples out there. Hello, funny book fans. How are you? Uh, Paul, I've known you, it seems like, all my life. And I got some years on you. And you have been on my television show a bunch of times. And when we were on my television show, when we were supposed to be talking about basketball, most of the time we're talking about comic books because that's what you and I really like. We can, the MMBL is nice, but you and I rather talk about the comic books. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, those. Uh, uh, comic books always sneak into our conversations uh, on the show all the time, and you know, in person, we'll we'll be talking about like basketball games, and then we'll just bring up comics. It happens every time. <laughs> what I want to do, Paul, is I want to start this podcast just by acknowledging the death of Adam West, who was TV's Batman in the 1960s. It ran for three seasons, 1966, 1967, 1968. And, um, yeah, he was the first Batman that I've seen on television. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, that was, uh, uh, that came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting that because I just saw him a few months back um, at the Northeast Comic Con. He was probably set up maybe, you know, 20 feet away from me. And uh, so, yeah, that was that was a big surprise. The only time I met Batman, Adam West version of Batman, was only one time. Wasn't at a comic book convention, and that's completely my fault because you you have personally been trying to get me to a comic book convention forever. And one of these days, I promise you, I will go with you. <laughs> <laughs> but the one time that I seen Adam West, it was after the first Michael Keaton Batman movie came out I was at UMass Boston at that time and Adam West came in and he spoke in one of the auditoriums at UMass Boston and he was fielding questions about Batman and other aspects about his acting career and stuff but all I was interested in was the Batman and I probably asked the most Batman questions out there that, that's the only time my my only interactions with with Adam West um, did you know Adam oh, that's very cool did you know Adam West well or did you see him often um, I saw him at a few shows over the years, uh, mostly just, you know, uh, quick interactions, you know, go up, say hi, um, uh, have him sign something quick. You know, he's always a very uh, busy guy at those shows with a massive crowd around him. So I've never had an opportunity to actually uh, sit there and ask him a bunch of questions and talk to him, which I always wanted to. And, um, uh, you know, and I was planning on... Uh, and actually trying to do that because I know he was scheduled to do a bunch of shows this year, but uh, sadly, um, you know, he passed away and, you know, he won't be doing that. And uh, so now I kind of regret not like uh, really trying to sit down with them and talk to him more. You know, that's really a hashtag bummer. I mean, 
you know he you know he certainly was a um he certainly was a gem and stuff and like i said i only met him that one time and when he passed away i tweeted and you'll understand this and everybody else out there who follows comic books i tweeted with a picture of him a death in the family oh yes yep death in the family that is the perfect perfect line right there for him i mean yeah anyone who's a batman fan knows the best in the family and that was uh yeah, it was a very sad day. It really was. Um, you know, it's he he meant so much to uh, to so many fans um, of you know not just comics but of the show, which was just you know a fantastic show. Um, and even the Batman movie that he did, you know, wasn't as good as the show, but you know I did see it a bunch of times. Um, but yeah, he uh, he was a great guy. He actually was a really nice person. Every time I met him, he was you know. Uh, him and Burt Ward too. I, you know, both of those guys are pretty nice guys. So I'm, I'm happy I at least met them uh, a few times over, over my life. I have never met Burt Ward. Interesting. Uh, I've never had any really interest in um, Burt Ward. I wouldn't have mind meeting Catwoman, either one of the three. But again, I'm sure most guys out there would say, "Hey, I'll beat either one of the three Catwomen and stuff." Uh, there were other characters on that show that I wouldn't have mind meeting. But strangely enough, Burt Ward, I mean, not to cap on Burt Ward and be dissing him, but personally, I'd have been more interested in meeting Aunt Harriet. <laughs> I don't know why. Nice. <laughs> I, you know, I think I think Cesar Romero would have been really cool to meet, too. Right. Um, you know, the original Joker. You know, I, I, uh, that would have been fantastic, I think. Yeah, because I, th I thought he was phenomenal on that show as well. I agree with you. And maybe about a couple of months ago, I was surfing the internet and just you know killing some time. And when I surf the internet to kill time, for some strange reason, I always seem to be looking up Batman-related stuff. So, um, for folks out there who don't know, Batman is my favorite hero. But we're going to be talking about our favorite heroes, both myself and PC. But I was looking up Batman stuff, and I came across the Cesar Romero, and I don't know if you knew this, but Cesar Romero absolutely refused to shave his mustache to play the part of the Joker. Um, I think he was like a um, serious theater actor. Um, he, yes. He might have thought that this role was kind of like beneath him or unworthy of him or something like that but the bottom line is he flat out refused to shave that mustache and as a kid I always you know that mustache sticks out as, such, as a kid I always wondered well I, I wonder why he has a mustache the Joker doesn't have a mustache you know what I'm saying the Joker doesn't have a mustache <laughs> no you're right no you're right that did it really did stick out yeah he uh yeah he did not want to shave that mustache and I think that's what it was I think he thought this was just like um you know, a thing just to make a couple of bucks, this show wouldn't last type of thing. And, and, uh, but then, you know, it, it, it actually, uh, really hit the fan base and people liked it. But yeah, he, uh, it, it always does look weird, like going back and watching the old episodes and that, that mustache really does stand out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I still, I still look at Cesar Romero's Joker as one of the best. You know, I know people really like, um, uh, uh, the the Dark Knight, um, Heath Ledger's uh, Joker. You know, I was actually a fan of Jared Leto's Joker in um, uh, in in the uh, Suicide Squad movie. I, I I liked it. A lot of people didn't, but I did. I really like Jared Leto. I think he's a great actor. Um, I I thought he pulled it off, considering he didn't have 
a lot of screen time. I thought he did really well. I agree with you. I also enjoy the way that he portrayed that Joker character. So, you know, PCU and I have always talked offline, off the record about um, comic books and stuff like that. And the way I look at it, I mean, I'm a fanboy. You're obviously a fanboy. And, um, but the way I choose to be a fanboy is that I'm not one of those fanboys that when somebody portrays a character, you got to portray this character by the letter of the law. I think that, I think there are different interpretations or different universes so I enjoy most um, representations of whomever played what type of character so more specifically the Joker Cesar Cesar Romero was the first Joker that I knew I grew up with him so I like the way he portrayed the character mustache and all Jack Jack Nicholson was certainly funny and you know he stole the first Batman movie. I like the way that he portrayed it. Heath Ledger, again, that was brilliant. And um, the final Joker that we were just mentioning. So obviously these are four different um, representations of the Joker. So in my mind, in my opinion, I was looking at four different universes, and that was cool. Absolutely. That's actually a good way to look at it. And um, Because, you know, we're both fanboys, but then there's also, like, you know, that different level of fanboy where you know, they they don't want anyone even touching the character anymore, which doesn't make any sense. I mean, how can you, you know, continue to make Batman movies and not have a Joker? I mean, other people are going to play the Joker over the years, and you know, and I and I like how they all did it differently. You know, um, I I like the dark uh, Heath Ledger's like really dark take on the Joker, um, Jack Nicholson's funny Joker, and I like this like the modern Joker that Jared Little played. You know where. You know, they gave him, like, the gold teeth and the chains and the tattoos. And it was a good modern take on him. I thought he did really well. Um, you know, I really wish, instead of making a Suicide Squad movie, they made a Harley Quinn Joker movie instead. I thought Harley Quinn and the Joker stole the show in that movie. Their scenes were the best. They should have just went with that, especially when those are two of the most popular characters in the whole DC universe at the current time and I'm really hoping that in the future they do make that movie uh, with the same um, actors Uh, I really hope they do that I know they have a Gotham City Sirens movie in the works so they will have Harley Quinn back but I'm not sure if they're going to have Jared Little back as the Joker in that movie I'll cross my fingers though. <laughs> the way that Holly Quinn has blown up in recent years, I, me not making my living doing this in terms of in the comic book field, that's why I have you as the expert here. Can you explain to me and the listeners out there, how did Holly Quinn blow up? I mean, Holly Quinn is not a new character, but it was l- literally PC. I went to sleep one night and everything was... was was normal in the Bat universe. I woke up the next morning and like Holly Quinn has exploded. She's um she's so popular. She's hanging out with Power Girl. <laughs> I, I bought a couple of those comics. <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. I did the same thing. I bought a few of those. I'm actually still trying to complete that set. I think I have three out of the four, three out of the five. I, I need to find the other two to, re- to finish reading it. 
yeah, yeah, with Harley Quinn, that that one, that was like kind of like an overnight thing. It really went under the radar uh, really quick. Cause a few years back, maybe I would say four or five years ago, people started hunting down appearances of Harley Quinn. And, you know, people kept on asking me if I had these, I had these. And I'm like, why do people want these? I was like, I don't, I don't get it because it really, she really wasn't a big character. I mean, I know she was in the animated series. Um, and then people just really wanted the books. So then I kind of was trying to figure out myself. And I think what it was is I would say uh, starting around like maybe from the past five or ten years, there's been a big, big influx of female comic fans. And I see, I see it a lot. You know, I travel around the country doing these shows, and there's a lot more female comic readers. And they're looking for fun, interesting characters to, to read. And they really, Harley Quinn resonated with them really well. You know, she's funny, quirky. Um, you know, she's always either around the Joker um, or some, some other cool comic book character. And, yeah, they just, they really, it really resonated with them. And, and then, boom, she exploded. It was quick, overnight. And and now it's it's really hard to find a lot of her uh, older issues now. It's, it's coming, like, few and far between. Um, have you had luck finding older issues and stuff? I mean, you know, since you're in the business and you're a seller, I'm sure that you have your share of customers come up to you and asking about Holly Quinn. Oh, yes. I, I, I try to carry a good selection of Harley Quinn for uh, for the fans at every show. Um, a lot of the older issues now are kind of expensive. Um, a lot of just regular readers, people who just want to read the book, you know, they, they really can't dish out, you know, 50, 100 bucks, $1,000 for a first appearance. You know, they're, they're just, they're not going to dish that out. So most people are just in buying the the new Harley Quinn books and they sell really well because it's, you know, they're good fun stories. Uh, but yeah, I always, I always try to get, uh, uh, Harley Quinn back issues as much as I can because it's, uh, it's a very popular book right now. Um, and very rightfully so. It's, it's a good book. PC, who are your favorite superheroes or characters? Uh, well, first of all, before you answer this, right, are you, DC or Marvel? I know you sell everything, but what are you? I'm DC. I love the Marvel yeah, Universe, but I'm DC. I, I, I'm originally a Marvel Universe fan. I grew up reading uh, X-Men and, and Wolverine. Uh, that's that's where it all started for me. Uh, reading X-Men, Fall of the Mutants, um, Extinction Agenda, Inferno. Uh, that's when I was really uh, first reading comics. Um, later on, I, I one of my favorite characters became uh, Venom. Venom. Uh, you know, v- very early on, uh, I really thought it was a fantastic supervillain uh, like for, uh, for, for Spider-Man. I really thought that was that was going to be a game changer back when uh, Todd McFarlane was was doing Spider-Man. I thought that was fantastic, and I'm, I'm actually super excited that one of my favorite characters now, uh, well, looks like he will be getting his own movie soon, uh, the Venom movie. Wait, 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 wait,
Did I hear you correctly? Venom is getting his own movie? Venom will be getting his own movie, his own standalone movie. Spider-Man will not be in the movie either. Wow. It is going to be, yes, it is going to be Venom. Um, no, no other characters are known right now to be in the movie, but Venom will be getting his standalone movie uh, probably in a year or two. And Venom will also be played by uh, Tom Hardy. I don't know how many people know Tom Hardy. They should know him because he played Bane in the Batman movies. Um, but he is a phenomenal actor, and I am very excited that he's going to be playing Venom. And actually, it's kind of cool that Tom Hardy now will have played two of the best villains from the Marvel and DC Universe. Bane and Venom. That would be very interesting. That is as cool as the other side of the pillow. Well, Venom, <laughs> Venom the movie. I had no, I had no clue about this. You know, Venom is a Spider-Man villain, and I'm not going to get into the origins of Venom and all that stuff, because uh, for the fanboys out there, they already know. But you know, you yes, can, yes. but you know, you can always uh, tweet at me at Nestor Dudley, N-E-S-T-E-R-D-U-D-L-E-Y, and if folks out there want to get into the origins of Venom and. Um, everything all venom and stuff my friend paul conrad pc the proprietor of comic explosion i'm sure he would have no problems doing a podcast all venom all podcast long is that right pc oh yeah i have no problem with that i could do that i could talk venom all day now is venom going to now we talk about venom now we natural segue into spider-man and spidey is coming out with his movie spider-man homecoming in a matter of weeks july 7th and spider-man they're taking it from the beginning peter parker in high school i think it's fantastic i think like the main thing is is um uh, marvel pulling off this movie is huge because they didn't own the rights uh, Sony did so Sony and Marvel had to come to an agreement for them to even have Spider-Man enter the Marvel uh, uh, Cinematic Universe they had to come to a big deal so now this is finally Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the first time um, so I'm very excited I like how they're going back to the very beginning they're going to do it their way Right. I, li I like Tom Holland I think he he, I think he was cool in the uh, Civil War movie. Yes, um, I do too. Yes, I enjoyed how he portrayed that. I uh, absolutely. Yeah, I, th I thought I, I think it's it's a good way to start it, and um, yeah, I can't wait. I'll, I'll definitely be there uh, for that movie. Hundred percent. I'm excited for that movie. As you know, PC, uh, you know my son Lester, who is 21 years old, and Lester actually did the logo for this podcast, Beyond the Rim. I've always taken Lester to see all superhero movies and then we break them down afterwards. The only superhero movie that me and Lester never saw was Iron Man 2. Back when Iron Man 2 came out I had some um, it was uh, money was tight. As Run DMC would say hard times got my pockets all in change. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how old Lester was then but 21 years old he still has not forgiven me. The only thing in life he hasn't forgiven me for is not to take him to see <laughs> to see Iron Man too. So we see all these so we see all these superhero movies together and 
Spider-Man Homecoming is certainly not going to be, um, it's not going to be left out. I mean, you know, we already have our calendar circled for the 7th, and I'm looking forward to seeing that movie as well. I'm just not, what I'm concerned about is, you know, they're taking him as a teenager, which is fine, but then the rest of the Avengers and stuff are adults and stuff, and there's obviously some type of Avengers mix in there. And, you know, I, I want to see a Spider-Man movie. I'm hoping, PC, that I'm not going and I'm seeing like a teenage movie and the teenager just happens to be Spider-Man. Yeah, that's, um, that's something I kind of worried about myself, that, you know, who did they target this to? Um, is it just going to be a you know movie uh, that Marvel catered to teens? Um, I I hope not. Um, I, I liked what I saw so far. I really hope. I mean, I love that Michael Keaton's going to be the Vulture. You know, I think mm-hmm. I think that uh, is is only going to help the movie because um, I think he just hits it out of the ballpark every time. So I think it's going to be a very exciting movie. I just hope it's not too teen-oriented, you know, for, you know, 12, 13, 14-year-olds. Um, you know, I hope they don't go in that direction. Uh, but, yes, I am. I will be there on opening day. I also take me and my wife see all the superhero movies. You know, we've recently seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Logan, Wonder Woman, I take her right away. I can't even wait. As soon as they come out, I have to go see them. <laughs> well, tell your lovely wife, Elsie, that Nesta says hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will absolutely do that. <laughs> uh, I have seen those other movies as well that you have mentioned. I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, I've seen Wonder Woman. And let's, and let's talk about Wonder Woman. Absolutely. You know, it's... You know, with me, I always take it back to the DC Universe. I love the Marvel Universe. Back in my heyday when I was collecting, it was both DC and Marvel. So now, a couple of kids later, and the kids are, you know, one's 21, one's 19. But I narrowed it down to the DC Universe, and I collect mainly Batman titles and Superman titles. But basically, PC, I would be in any universe that Batman's in. Batman could easily fit in the Marvel Universe. His character could easily jump to the Marvel Universe, and I would be a Marvel Universe guy. <laughs> but Wonder Woman, I like that movie. Tell me your thoughts about that movie. Uh, I thought it was uh, a home run by DC. Uh, finally, they hit a massive home run with another character other than Batman. Um, it, it took them a while. Uh, I thought it was phenomenal. I thought Gal Gadot was phenomenal as Wonder Woman. I love the origin story of it. I love the backstory. Uh, Chris Pine did a great job. Um, I'm, well, I was very excited for that movie and, and nervous at the same time because I knew if this movie didn't do well, that DC might shut down some of their future movies that they had planned and that would be disappointing because I'm really looking forward to a lot of them uh, but yeah this movie was uh, phenomenal I loved it uh, I, and it is it's killing in the movie theater and all the reviews have been very good and, and not just see I don't go by reviews of movie critics online my reviews are the people I talk to at the comic cons and that I bump into on the street and I get their opinions on the movie and so far Everyone has loved the movie, um, which is very exciting. Uh, 
so we should definitely be seeing uh, maybe another Wonder Woman standalone movie in the future, but I know she'll be in the upcoming Justice League movie, so I guess I'll have to wait for that to see Wonder Woman again. And, you know, it doesn't hurt that she's not bad to look at either. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't, what kind of a universe? I don't think there's any universes out there amongst all the multi-universes that there is a Wonder Woman who's a mud duck. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Definitely not. That, that is just not going to happen. I myself, and Lester as well, also enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the time on Themyscira and getting into the back stories of that and stuff. I mean, you know, Themyscira, Paradise Island. You know, you just you heard about it, you read about it, but how are they going to portray it? I like the way they portrayed it. And then she went to the mainlands and stuff and, um, you know, with Steve Trevor and the gang. And I think the badass part about that was when they were in the, the trenches and, um, you know, she was like, we got to move forward. And then they were like, well, no, no, we can't move forward. And she's like, y- y- watch this. And I mean, that was like, that was bad. <laughs> oh, no, that was that was a badass part of that movie. No, that was that was fantastic. And, and I love. I loved like the era that they made it to. I was, you know, when they when it first announced when they first announced the movie, I really didn't know how they were going to go about um, doing this. Were they going to do current day Wonder Woman with just flashbacks of an origin? Um, but I loved how they started right from uh, her as a child, growing up on the island, and then you know fighting the Nazis. I thought that was a perfect. A perfect uh, uh, entrance into the DC uh, cinematic universe, uh, and then bring it right back into the present day. Um, uh, you know her interactions with Batman. Now we're going to see after that movie, and, and, I, and I'm very excited to see it. The one thing that I had a problem with the movie, the one thing that didn't make any sense to me, PC, and I'm not sure if you ever thought about this, but if you haven't, think about this for a while. We don't have to talk, discuss it in length, but in that movie. She took down a god, all right? She's a goddess. She's a demigod. And by putting her two bracelets together and creating that that force, that explosion, whatever you want to call it, that force of power, okay? I dig that. I can relate to that. Now, my question is, and that's when she was learning that. She learned that in World War One, the World War One times. Now, why didn't she use that power against Doomsday and, Bat- and Batman versus Superman. I mean, PC, think about it. If she had to use that power, Doomsday would be taken care of and poor Clocky wouldn't be dead. I mean, Clock is in some grave now with Smallville. I mean, what's up with that, PC? <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I, I was actually uh, uh, walking back to the car from the movie. I actually, that popped into my head. And I'm like, wait a second. You know, she could have just used that right away on Doomsday. <laughs> And, and yeah, and then Clark would be alive right now. Right. <laughs> no, it's like you know she she was like ah let's let let everyone get like get beat up right now by Doomsday for a little while and then we'll kill him later you know and but yeah yeah she could have used that right away and it would have been over boom just like that. <laughs> oh, that makes you think. It really does make you think. Yeah, he's a, you know, and 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 Lester was like, yeah, you're right. I mean, and I've taught Lester how to break down superhero movies well matter of fact he is better at breaking it down than me 
So that was something that made me go, hmm. And then the thing that was a big bummer to me, PC, is that we sat there after the credits and there was no Easter egg. Nothing. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah, I know. I was sitting there, too. I was sitting there a long time. People were leaving. And I'm sitting there and I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And I'm like, wait. Is is there anything coming on after this? You know, I actually had to get on my phone to see if there was any Easter egg at the end of the movie. When I found out there wasn't, I was kind of bummed. You know, it's like I just like maybe I've gotten spoiled and gotten used to like all the little Easter eggs at the end. But you know, I just like them. I, I just it gives you something to you know look forward to. And yeah, I I, I wish they would have thrown one in there at the end. <laughs> Well, PC, right now we are going to uh, take a break. This is, uh, we're almost 30 minutes in and, you know, I'm going to have you on several, several times because it is completely impossible to talk about comic books in, in 60 minutes or less. You know, my goal for these podcasts are to not go with 60 minutes. So we're going to go into a break and PC, we're going to go to a break. We're going to, my very first crime fighter, superhero, super being that was my hero was underdog (laughs) (laughs) and because basically when I was a kid if a character had a cape then that character was for me so yeah (laughs) underdog and if you think about a PC underdog was the original rapper he was the first rapper he spoke in rhymes you know what? That's true. I, I didn't think of it that way, and but you're right. He is the first rapping superhero, you know. And I, I think maybe he'll be coming out with an album soon. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna go into the break, and on the other side, I'm gonna be back here with Paul Conrad, who I affectionately call PC, the proprietor of Comic Explosion. And we'll see you on the other side of the break. <laughs> When criminals in this world appear and break the laws that they should fear and frighten all who see or hear, the cry goes up so far and near for underdog. 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 Speed of lightning, roar of thunder, fighting all power thunder. Underdog. Underdog! 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 
back here, you all, with Paul Conrad, PC, proprietor of Comic Explosion. I'm your host, the Dudster, Nesta Dudley, and this is Beyond the Rim, hashtag BTR. So, PC, as a comic book seller and DC versus Marvel, as well as other universes, because you sell them all. Yes, I do. Who out of DC and Marvel? I specialize in DC and Marvel, mainly DC, and when you break it down, mainly Batman. But what's doing better with the comic book sales now? Is it the DC universe or is it the Marvel universe? Um, right now, it is uh, the DC universe. Uh, they are kicking Marvel's ass in comic sales right now. Um, they, they, you know, they when they did DC Rebirth. Uh, people really, really uh, resonated. It resonated with them. They really loved it, especially uh, Batman and All Star Batman um, and Wonder Woman and The Flash. Those are really top sellers. But yeah, they people really got uh, turned off by a lot of the Marvel titles. They, you know, people don't like big core changes to some of their favorite characters and. Marvel kind of changed a lot of things around just for it seems like just for no reason you know it's, you know why is Captain America a Hydra agent you know why is uh, why is Jane the new Thor you know it's uh, it's you know hey who's this Amadeus show and why is he an Asian Hulk you know and is, is there anything cool about him no nah, he's just an Asian Hulk <laughs> well all right <laughs> Yeah, you know, and it's it's you can't just make try to like force that on a lot of the readers just without any reasoning to it. They just like, hey, you know what? We'll just change this for no reason. Here you go. And if you don't like it, too bad. And I, I think that turned off a lot of Marvel readers, and I think a lot of them went to DC, and that's that's what I've been hearing uh, from the fans at the um, at the shows. And yeah, Marvel sales has been going way down. Um, and you know there doesn't seem like they're gonna be changing anything uh, anytime soon actually when they first started making a lot of these changes to their characters you know people did give them a lot of feedback and they didn't like it at all and their response to that was to make captain america hydration i don't know how that <laughs> was the answer to their complaint they, they kind of like doubled down on it and it yeah. just didn't work <laughs> You know, and yeah, and a lot of people just went right over to DC because that's where all like the good storylines are right now. Um, they really, they really are hitting a lot of home runs across the DC universe, and that's where I've seen. Uh, Marvel has to change something really soon. Um, I don't know if I see it in the foreseeable future, but I hope so. Um, you know, obviously, you don't want sales to be hurt so bad that a company like it goes bankrupt or anything like they almost did in the 90s i don't want to see that again um so hopefully they get some new writers in there maybe start you know coming up with some you know new stories and not just changing key core characters just for you know just for any reason at all i hopefully they just go back to their roots i don't know why they would uh change those characters like that i mean I don't read the Marvel Universe, but I do take a peek in the Marvel Universe. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll um, 
Wikipedia some stuff or I'll just like, you know, thumb through some books, uh, you know, that I don't buy. So, but when like, like with Thor, why is Jane Foster Thor? You know what, if you want to have a strong female superhero character, I'm all for that. Well, why don't you create a strong female character? I don't think that Jane Foster should be Thor. I don't think there should be an Asian Hulk. Why don't you create a nice, strong Asian superhero? You know, Iron Man is a teenage uh, African-American uh, uh, woman and stuff. Now, hey, I'm African-American and I'm going to support my sisters, my teenage sisters and stuff, but create her own character. I, I just don't get it. <laughs> I agree. That, that's it. You know, um, uh, there, there was no reason to change those core characters. I would love to have these other characters, you know, make them their own new superheroes. Um, I think that would have been a better way to go about it. Um, yeah, the Jane Foster one kind of threw me for a loop. I was like, but well, gee, Jane Foster was never that interested to begin with. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and now she's Stella? I was like, come on. I was like, she, she has no personality whatsoever. Um, so that, that one threw me. Um, yes, I, I think they should have just, you know, there's, there's always room for new superheroes and supervillains. Um, you know, the, people want like these new characters and yeah they you know fine you want another an Asian superhero come on bring it you know write it well and we'll buy it absolutely um, and you know the african-american superheroes there's been a bunch through the years you know I actually just picked up uh, black Elias a run from the 70s and I've been reading that and that's mm -hmm. really good and and uh, yeah just you know give us some new superheroes and we will read them and yeah, there's, I don't like core changes to a lot of heroes that have been around since the 40s, some of these guys. Right. Um, you mentioned earlier about Rebirth. Now, I'm reading some Rebirth titles, and what Rebirth is to me, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but what Rebirth is to me, Rebirth is basically the New 52, with the exception of the New 52 Superman is out, and he has been amalgamated with the Superman of, I guess it would be Earth One at this point or something like that. And but it seems like Rebirth is everybody is all the characters from the New Fifty Two, with the exception of Superman. Please correct me if I'm wrong. No, that is correct. Yeah, the New Fifty Two Superman is gone. That yeah, he is gone. That did not work at all. It was terrible. Um, yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, it's it's about it's Earth One Superman. Um, which, you know, and also back with um, storylines with Lois Lane instead of, like, Wonder Woman all the time. Uh, I, I like the, the switch back. Um, yeah, the DC New 52 uh, was very good early, but then ended very weak. And it really hurt, it really hurt DC towards the end, and they had to do something... Um, and that's when they decided, listen, we just have to scrap a lot of this, start over, and do Rebirth. Uh, and especially fix Superman, because I, I thought they kind of ruined him. Um, so they went back, started rewriting again, and Rebirth has been fantastic. Uh, uh, people have been picking Rebirth up just in bundles. Um, a lot of the titles I can't even keep around anymore. You know, especially Batman and Flash, they they just they go out the door really quick. I'm going to lean on your expertise for this. Now, 
the new 52 Superman, I heard that a lot of people didn't like it. And I think that you just said that it didn't work. But I'm going to lean on you because I really enjoyed the new 52 Superman. And the new 52 Superman was actually my favorite version of the Clark Kent Superman. My favorite Superman interpretation of Superman of all is Superman of Earth 23 that I affectionately call Earth Air Jordan. And that's Superman. <laughs> and Earth 23, all the white superheroes are black and all the black superheroes are white. So Superman is literally a brother from another planet. His name is still Kal-El or Kali, spelled K-A-L-E-I. And um, his name is not Clark Kent. He's Calvin Ellis. And he is the president of the United States. But we're not going to talk about the Earth 23 Superman. We can do that at a later podcast. Back to the new 52 Superman. I really enjoyed that character. Why did that character not work? You know, it's that... I think it worked early on. Um, I, I don't think a lot of people... Um, they just didn't like the direction that they went, that they really... I'm trying to think of really how to put this because it really it was weird the the writing really kind of went like overboard i think that's what i heard from a lot of people because i personally don't read superman myself um but yeah from what i got from a lot of the fans they just thought that they they kind of went too far towards the end i don't know if you read the uh all the final issues of the superman new 52 they they kind of really took it to the extreme uh they didn't like the way um they kind of took out lois lane out of a lot of the sto of backstory um that they kind of changed a lot of what was already canon for superman so they kind of changed a lot of the things around and it really turned off a lot of the hardcore fans uh, that's the reaction i got um the Rebirth kind of went back to the old school Superman, and I guess more people like that. Uh, that, yeah, they, they, you know, people can't handle change a lot. I guess right. I, is the big thing, and it, that, that's kind of like Miles' problem right now too. People don't like drastic changes to major characters, and yeah, they just didn't like the writing towards the end of the Superman New Fifty Two, and they kind of went back to what the fans wanted. At least they listened to the fans, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, that's better. That's certainly better than what Marvel's doing these days. <laughs> exactly, yes. I mean, they, and they should. They should always listen to the fans instead of insulting them, uh, <laughs> which Marvel seems to do. It's like, hey, if you don't like our characters, too bad. And it's like, well, they're kind of the ones that buy it. So... <laughs> Kind well, of like a bad business, like you know, model right there. <laughs> <laughs> the um, rebirth, Lex Luthor, who is Superman, a version of Superman. Yeah. Now, as you know, PC, in the New Fifty Two, Lex Luthor figured out who Batman was, and this was direct result of Forever Evil. Love that crossover. So Lex Luthor, clearly no Batman's Bruce Wayne. Now we're in this rebirth and there's no indication that I have read that he still knows who Batman is. So again, I'm going to lean on your expertise. Does Lex Luthor in the rebirth know Batman's Bruce Wayne? 
where it seems like everybody knows Batman's Bruce Wayne these days, but. <laughs> yeah, no, they haven't really come out and uh, um, given us a definitive answer, which kind of doesn't make any sense. Um, maybe they're assuming that, you know, everyone knows. Yeah, well, he knows. It's just not making it known. I, I really don't know what they did there. I, uh, you know, it's, they haven't really come out and said it, or Luther hasn't come out and said it. Um, so I don't, like, that's that's one of the things that they kind of changed, and I, I don't know, I actually kind of like that, you know. I, I mean, yeah, everyone knows who Batman is. So, I mean, he should know who Batman is. But, yeah, they haven't, like, really delved deep into that. Um, maybe they will in future issues, um, you know, which is always interesting. You know, just, just like the... Uh, Batman vs Superman movie. I kind of think they they took some of the uh, New Fifty Two story and put it into that movie, um, which some people liked and some people didn't like. You know, I actually kind of liked the movie. It wasn't fantastic, but you know, I liked it. I don't know about you. Oh, I liked that movie as well. And uh, Batman vs Superman. That Superman was Superman of the New Fifty Two. Now, obviously, yeah. Superman of New 52 is gone, and I know that they started work on the Justice, or at least I think I know that they started work on the Justice League before DC went to Rebirth. And yes. for what my for what I've read, it seems like at the end of Justice League, they're going to bring Superman, Superman's going to come back to life. And you cannot have a Justice League without Superman, so that completely makes sense to me. So what I'm wondering is, you know, this Superman, is this Superman going to be the new 52 Superman that for most people in their opinions didn't work I really enjoyed that character or is this Superman going to be the rebirth more towards the rebirth Superman so did he go through some type of change having died I mean both you and I have never died and come back to life so I don't no, know. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess when you die, you come back to life. I guess that gives you a new perspective on things. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I think he's coming back a little different than before. Um, yeah, it could be the uh, rebirth Superman. Um, I know they brought in and rewrote some of the stuff, the justice league. So I'm wondering what they changed. Um, you know, hopefully it's for the better. You know, I'm really looking forward to Justice League, and I'm really looking forward to what they do with Superman. Um, you know, because that's and this is a big storyline. I hope they don't mess it up. I mean, he's literally coming back from the dead. You know, so it's not just like, oh hey, what's up, man? You're back. All right, cool. <laughs> you know, it's it can't be just like that. They have to. Re it has to be something big, and and I think we're gonna see a possible big change to Superman. Um, in Justice League movie, uh, so I'm excited to see that because I, I really I'm hoping that this this movie does really well because um, I I really love a lot of the DC characters and I want to see more of them on the screen. Um, so I'm really rooting for DC, and and it's all going to start with Justice League. And you know I don't know a lot of people. I'm a fan of Ben Affleck. Me personally, I love Ben Affleck. You know, I think yeah, I, I liked his portrayal of Batman. Um, I'm hoping he sticks around. I was kind of disappointed that he uh, decided not to direct the standalone Batman movie. Um, I think the fans kind of scared him away. He didn't want to have a, 
you know, backlash in case they didn't like it. But I actually really like Ben Affleck as director. I think he's a phenomenal director. And I think that would have been a phenomenal movie. But you know, comic book fans, they come in swarms and they they attack people and they scares people sometimes. And I think it scared him uh, away from directing that movie, which is kind of a bummer. I agree with you that he did a fantastic job in Batman, and I certainly like his portrayal of Batman. And again, I look at these different portrayals as as uh, different universes. Now, I have to admit, when he was first cast as Batman, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, um, I will give it a chance. Because I remember when Michael Keaton was first cast as Batman, Michael Keaton was Beetlejuice. And back, yep, absolutely. Back then, I'm like, Beetlejuice playing Batman? This is not going to work. And I thought it worked. And I thought it worked. So when Ben Affleck got cast as um, Batman or as fanboys or fan people out there like to call Batflick, I was like, okay, well, I'm interested in his portrayal, his portrayal, you know, so I was certainly open-minded going in. The one thing that I did not like was that Batman is a little bit older in this in this. DC Universe. I mean, because Superman, we know Superman is 33 years old because in that Superman movie, they certainly pushed it down our thoughts about Superman being 33 and the whole Jesus Christ thing and all this stuff. So we know Superman was 33. Yep. But in this Batman movie, Batman is probably like between 40 and 42. So he's a few years older than Superman. And, you know, in the comic books, they're all basically the same age. So that I did not like going in. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, that was uh, more of a almost like a uh, a Frank Miller Dark Knight type of Batman, where an aged Batman um, battles Superman, and yeah, but they they didn't have the older version of Superman. It was you know it's the newer version of Superman battling an older you know uh, uh, rugged um, you know the world's kind of beat me down type of Batman um, and I don't I don't know if it came off as good as it it could have um, I mean I love the Frank Miller Dark Knight uh, series um, that's the vibe I got you know the more the more violent you know Batman um, I it, it was it was kind of like tricky to pull off it, it, a lot of people didn't like it um, I thought it came off uh, good enough um, I like the Batman performance, but yeah, it is kind of strange that we're seeing a young Superman versus an old Batman. Uh, that's it is kind of weird because that that's not the normal continuity of the DC universe because that story by Frank Miller was only four issues and it was just kind of like a break off from the normal DC universe. So that it's kind of weird that they're going with that for all future. Uh, uh, movies, so it is kind of like maybe it's kind of a risky play, but I guess we'll see if it's going to work out or not. I like that word continuity. Hashtag continuity. So we have this we have this Justice League movie that's coming up where Batman is forty to forty two. Wonder Woman is certainly older than forty to forty two, but damn, does she look good? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's she's pretty good for like you know what would that what would she be right now? About you know I don't know eighty ninety. Yeah, (laughs) she. She looking mighty fine. Not Linda Carter fine, but still mighty fine. <laughs> and then you're going to have Flash as a teenager, Cyborg's a teenager, and Aquaman. I wouldn't be surprised if Aquaman is like um, 150, 200 years old. 
And I would like to see the interaction between Aquaman and Superman, which we, I'm not sure if we would see this in the in the first Justice League movie. But you figure Aquaman is the Superman of the Seven Seas. He's royalty. He's a king. And Aquaman is a badass. Not the portrayal of the Hanna-Barbera Aquaman from the 70s cartoon. No, Aquaman no, yes. is badass. <laughs> no, yeah, it is. That, thank God it is not that Aquaman. Oh, man, that would have been really bad. <laughs> thank God they didn't think of that. I, I, I like uh, the look that they're giving Aquaman for this. Jason Momoa is really a really good uh, uh, pick for Aquaman. Um yeah, I'm really hoping they uh, they do. They have a lot of interactions between Aquaman and Superman. Um, I'm, I'm hoping they use his character a lot. Uh, I know he'll be getting his own standalone movie, too, uh, which I think will be interesting. Um, I like... I'm really hoping they do something with The Flash, too. Uh, the Flash is ultra-popular right now. People are loving uh, The Flash. and So I, I, I like their choices for... Uh, for the actors to play these roles, so I'm hoping that uh, they get some good writers in there and and really uh, put something really good on the screen for the fans. I'm I'm pretty excited about the future of DC Comics right now. PC, as this dud cast number three is coming to its uh, final uh, several minutes, why don't you tell the listeners out there things that's happening with Comic Explosion that you and I had talked about before the podcast? Oh, absolutely. Well, Comic Explosion, and that's Explosion, that's X-P-L-O-S-I-O-N, Explosion, like an X-Men. Um, if you want to come check us out, uh, we have a few upcoming shows. Uh, we're going to be at the South Coast Comic Con at the Hanover Mall, July 22nd and 23rd, and we're going to be at the Boston Comic Con, August 11th, 12th, and 13th at the Boston Convention and Exhibition Center. Uh, also, uh, starting next uh, Saturday, July 8th, we're gonna, be, uh, we're gonna do something brand new. We're gonna be doing Facebook Live auctions on Facebook. You can check us out on the comic Explosion, X-P-L-O-S-I-O-N, Explosion. Um, and if you have any questions uh, of where we're gonna be, because we travel the country and we'll be in all different states, uh, you can uh, email us at comicexplosion at gmail.com. So there's comicexplosion at gmail.com. And another way to get in touch with PC, if you want to get in touch with PC, learn more about Comic Explosion and all that, you know, feel free to hit me up. So tweet at me, at Nestor Dudley. If you don't have Twitter, you just want to send me an email, so you can send me an email, DudleyATR at AOL.com. DudleyATR at AOL.com. Tweet at me at Nestor Dudley at D-U-D-L-E-Y. Excuse me. N-E-S-T-E-R-D-U-D-L-E-Y. You can listen to this podcast on our temporary home, which is ATRLive.com. There's a spot for BTR. You can view us on Facebook, view this podcast. It is a podcast on, not, excuse me, not Facebook, on YouTube. So, Nesta Dudley, and then you go to the playlist, BTR, and it is there. We are also on iTunes, podcast iTunes, so you can also reach us there as well. Paul Conrad, my friend, PC, thank you, thank you very much for being the third guest on this um, podcast, BTR, that I like to call the Dudcast. And my friend, this is not 
not going to be the only time I'm going to have you on BGR. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I had a great time. Uh, I mean, I know me and you can talk about comics for, you know, 24 hours a day. I don't think people will listen to a 24-hour <laughs> podcast, so, if I so thought yeah, they, we, have to, <laughs> we have to do this again. <laughs> if I thought they would, this would be a 24-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so once again, Paul, thank you, and we will definitely have you back. So until next time, I just want to say buenas noches, hooches, cooches. I came in peace. I leave with love. This is for the red, the black, and the green. Living cool, living calm, living clean. I'm out! <laughs>